Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. Growing in Love for Life podcast. Hi everyone, it's Liam Naden here from growinginloveforlife.com and welcome back to this episode of the podcast. And I thought this time we'd talk about something that seems to affect a lot of people in marriage and relationships, particularly it, it seems in these times, these economic times, and that is the whole issue of, of finances and, and financial pressure. And in particular, I want to talk today about how you can stop financial problems from ruining your marriage. Because it, it is something I see all of the time, and it seems to be one of the, the biggest pressures on a marriage is this whole thing of financial problems and financial pressure. And, and it seems often the two go hand in hand, that the more financial problems a couple has, the more problems in their relationship or in their marriage that they have. So it, it really is at the heart of a relationship, what, what your finances are doing. So I hope in this episode I can give you a few ideas on how you can really separate the two out so that you don't let finances and financial pressure and problems affect and ruin your marriage. All right, well, let's just talk to start with a little bit about what's really going on at the moment in marriages. And maybe you can relate to some of this yourself if, you've, if you're having financial problems or if you're under financial pressure. And there's lots of reasons why people get under pressure in their marriage or in their relationship or really just in their life. Um, for instance, you might have had a change of circumstances. Maybe you or your spouse have, have lost your job. There's a lot of that been going on, hasn't there? Or you might have, find the value of, might have found that the value of your assets, like your house, is not worth what it used to be. There also, despite what they say about inflation not being a problem, many people tell me that they're noticing that their expenses are a lot higher than they used to be. And, they, and, you, and people also have additional costs, new things that they're, that they're involved in that, that are costing them more money. And all of these things can, can, um, can create financial problems, these changes in circumstances. I think the other reason why we often get into financial trouble and, and, and put more pressure on ourselves than, than perhaps we need to is that we, we have higher expectations and we have higher needs. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting more and wanting to enjoy life more. But often, with de often debt can be very easy to come by, can't it? And what we find, though, is when we've got debt, whether it be credit cards or, or, or finance debts, is that they can start to mount up. And, and before we know it, we're under a lot of financial pressure. And one of the things I notice, and, and you might notice this as a pattern for you, is that, is that sometimes when people are under financial pressure, their way of trying to cope with that is actually to increase their spending. And it's a bit like if you're not feeling good, you're looking for ways to alleviate some pressure upon yourself. So you might book a trip or go out to a movie or a restaurant. and In, in other words, spending more money, which is actually making the problem worse. But one of the things that really impacts on a marriage is not knowing how to cope with the uncertainty and the pressure of financial problems. So that's what we're going to talk about today. 
So how do pressures develop? How, how do people get in a situation where they're under a lot of financial pressure in their marriage? And I'm not trying to make this podcast sound like a, an exercise in financial management, but obviously we are going to cover some of that. But I, I particularly want to look at how the dynamics of our financial world, if you like, impact upon our relationships and in our marriage. And when you can start to see that, you can start to see some solutions. And I've, I've certainly got some solutions here that I, I hope will help. I think they will. But how do these pressures develop in the first place? Well, if you think back to when you first got together with your spouse, you probably weren't under as much financial pressure as you are now. So, so what's changed? Well, obviously, when you start out, you have goals and you have aspirations and you have things you want to do together. And really, if you make the commitment of staying together in a, in a firm relationship or in a marriage, what you're really saying to each other is you want to build a life together. And of course, a big part of that life is financial. You know, you probably want to buy a house or have a place where you can bring up your children and, and really and develop your lifestyle and the things that you enjoy and are interested in. So as we get these things, as more of these things come along, they all, of course, add to financial cost. And, and I'm sure you'd agree one of the big ones is children when they come along. And the funny thing about all of these things or all of the financial things that we go out and buy, they tend to cost more than we expect they will. And that's particularly true, isn't it, of a house, because it's not just a question of just going and buying a house. You want to buy things for the house. So it's invariably going to cost you more than you expect. And children are the great unknown factor in, in terms of how much they cost. And, and of course, when they come along, that's a major, if not the major area that's going to affect your financial life. Now, the first thing to do, really, I think, when you're looking at financial pressures and how they affect your relationship, is it's very worthwhile and very important to look at how men and women actually deal with finances and, in fact, any sort of pressure in different ways. Men and women do respond differently to pressure and to financial pressure. And although this is a bit of a generalization, I think it's worthwhile just thinking about what I'm going to say here because you're, I'm sure you'll find an element of truth in it, if not that it's very true in your situation. But what we've tended to find, or, or what I've, I've tended to see with the people that I've helped in general, is that for, for women, when they're in a marriage and they're under financial pressure, what they want to do is they want to talk about it. So women very often express their feelings in their words. So they tend to want to talk about the problems that they're facing. And, you know, if you're, mar if you're a, a man and you're married to a woman, you might have noticed this, that, that, that the, you know, the wife or the woman always wants to talk about, you know, these are our problems and, and to express them. But the thing to recognize if you're a man, if a woman is talking about your problems is that she's not necessarily looking for a solution. What women tend to do is they tend to process their thoughts. And as I say, this is a big generalization, but I've noticed this is fairly true. Women tend to process their thoughts out loud in their words, which is very different to men. So that's, that's the, the main thing I think to notice about women when they're dealing with financial pressure is that they want to talk about it and express it out loud. Now that's the complete opposite to men. And men usually, or very often, tend to shut down when they're under pressure, when they're under financial pressure. They don't want to talk about it. 
And of course, this makes things worse for a woman because when their husband won't talk about something, that to them, it's they're not facing up to the problem. They're not facing the issues. And that makes them more frustrated and want to talk even more. So, but men, the reason I think that men uh, do tend to shut down and not want to talk about it is that men tend to have this attitude that it is their personal responsibility to solve the problems in their marriage. And some of you listening might have heard of my Save Your Marriage program, uh, where I help couples pretty well on a one-on-one -on -one level to really save their marriage, get over their problems, understand their relationship. And there's a big section on that program about the differences between, between way, the way men and women operate and think. And this is a big thing. In, in the area of finances is that men tend to take on a problem as their own personal responsibility and if you like we're almost biologically wired to solve problems it's it's a bit like it's the it's the goal setting the goal achieving achieving thing and if you think back to the caveman days you know the man's role was to go out and catch the food and bring it back to the family so he had a very specific goal which was catch the food and if he didn't catch the food the family would starve so he obviously felt that responsibility and that pressure. And in a funny sort of way, I think that's come through to our modern society. That again, men feel responsible. If there are problems in a marriage, they feel responsible for it. And I'm not saying women don't feel responsible either. But men tend to take it much more personally. And so when a problem is happening, they tend to shut down because they feel, they can feel, it's almost like a personal attack. It's a threat to their masculinity, if you like. It's, it's almost saying they're failing in their masculinity, A, because there's a problem, and B, because they haven't solved the problem. So men tend to take it very personally, and they, it, it also affects men's self-esteem as well. And, and men can feel very criticised and, and inadequate if there are pressures and problems mounting up that they simply don't know what to do to solve. So those, I think, are the essential differences in the way men and women react to problems and in particular financial problems. And maybe you can see some patterns in your own marriage there and see how you and your spouse perhaps are reacting in different ways to financial pressures that you have in your marriage. And even just understanding that, often for many people, is a huge step forward in releasing some of the pressure. Because when you understand the way the other person is processing, you realise that they're not avoiding the problem or they're not doing the wrong thing. They're just trying to deal with it the best way they can. But there is a better way to deal with it and a way which is not going to ruin your marriage. And that's what I want to talk about next. Okay, so what do you do if you're finding that financial pressures and problems are really starting to affect your marriage in a severe way? You know, what do you do if you're, if you're under stress and your communication is going? Because... You know, what, what does happen when financial pressures come upon a marriage? They affect everything. They tend to affect the intimacy between a couple, certainly the communication between a couple, and just the general feeling of well-being. And if, if you're not feeling good, it's very difficult to contribute positively in a marriage or in a relationship. I'm sure that's pretty obvious. So, so really the key is to try and find a way to not so much deal with your problems and solve your problems because as I'll talk about shortly money isn't actually the solution to all our problems anyway now that may sound strange I mean you may be saying well hang on if I just had 
a few million, that would solve all of my problems. Well, you might think it will, but what, what tends to happen is we get different problems, and it depends on how much money we have. They create different sorts of problems. Some aren't necessarily better than others. But what's more important to realize is the way you look at your problems and the way you deal with your problems, irrespective of what they are. That's the really important thing. So rather than thinking, okay, well, I just want to win the lottery, or I just need a, need a few thousand, I need, need a hundred thousand, then all my problems will be solved. Instead of thinking that way, think, no, it's the way I look at my problems, the way I deal with my problems. It's accepting that my pro problems are there and that they may well always be there. But by looking at it in a different way, I can take the pressure off my marriage and probably not only have a better marriage, a more fulfilling marriage, but also probably make better decisions, make better distinctions and do better things to actually solve those financial problems anyway. So here is a process that I've created, which if you are under financial pressure, I think you'll find really useful. And this is a, a process which takes you from, no matter where you are with your financial problems, to a place where you can actually start to deal with them and where you can separate them out from your marriage and have a, have a, a great marriage irrespective. So step number one, the first thing you need to do is you need to acknowledge that there is a problem. If you've got a financial problem, then there's no point actually denying that you have a problem. And unfortunately, this is what I see some people do. They, they tend to hope and blindly think that, okay, I don't have a problem, or they, they tend to blindly want to just sort of brush the problem aside and pretend it doesn't exist. And the real issue with that is that they can't, and that they're trying to suppress their awareness or their focus on the problem, and that brings out pressures in other ways, and it makes them feel bad anyway. So you're not going to get anywhere by denying the problem exists. So the first thing is to acknowledge that you do have a financial problem. And actually, once you do acknowledge it, that in itself can take some of the pressure off. So that's the first step. The second thing you need to do, and as I said, this isn't a financial planning uh, podcast, but you do need to start becoming financially educated. And step number two is to set some financial goals. Now, in my Save Your Marriage program, which I mentioned earlier, I, we, I work with couples on really setting some goals for their marriage and for their life. But what always amazes me, and I'll be honest here, is how few people ever set any goals in any area of their life. And when I talk to couples, one of the first things I say to them is, what are your goals? What are your goals together? What do the two of you want to achieve? And often I get a bit of, a, bit of an embarrassed silence because people realize they don't actually have any goals. They might think they do. There might be things they, they think they want that they've talked about, but they don't have any actual goals. And there's three sorts of financial goals you need to start setting. So what I suggest you do is you sit down together with your spouse and say, let's set some financial goals. We've acknowledged we've got a problem, but we can get out of it. Let's set some goals of, of things to actually get us out of the problem. And there are three sorts of financial goals you want to set. The first one is a goal to get out of debt. So what you want to say, firstly, you need to know how much debt you actually have. And set yourself a goal and say, by a certain date, and set a date. And it might be, depending on the amount of, uh, amount of money you owe, it might be years away, but, but 
really commit to setting a date and saying by this date our goal is to be out of debt, not to have any debt. And the, one of the things you can do from that is you can say, so to do that we're going to need to save a certain amount per week or pay off the debt at a certain rate per week and get really specific. So for instance if you owe $1,000 and you want to pay it off at the rate of $20 a week, that's going to take you 50 weeks to pay off $1,000. That's obviously a very simple example and if you're listening to this and if you've got financial problems I suggest you probably owe a lot more than $1,000 but you get the idea. So that's the first sort of goal you need to set is a goal to get out of debt. Now the second goal is to reduce your expenses and increase your savings. So again you need to get very specific because a goal is not a goal unless it is specific. So set a goal and say to yourselves, okay, so we're going to reduce our expenses and we're going to increase our savings. Now of course both of those are going to mean you can repay your debt back anyway. But look at what you're currently spending and look at look very carefully at what you're spending your money on and look and you will find things that you don't really want and you don't particularly value. But they're things you're spending money on. And I've met people who you know, go out for a coffee five times a week and they don't even particularly like coffee. It's just a bit of a distraction for them. But I've said to them, well, maybe you can find a distraction um, that's not going to cost you $5 a time or $100 a week or $10 a week or whatever it is. And you can save that money. We're talking here specifically about money that, or, or buying things that, that, as I say, you don't particularly value. So see what you can cut out. And that's going to reduce your expenses. And all of that money you can put towards your savings. And you're going to find when you start doing this, you, it becomes a bit of fun. That you really start to value money and enjoy paying down your debt and, and, and saving more money. And the third financial goal, of course, is the one that everybody thinks of, but is actually the, maybe the most difficult or the most long-term or, or probably the one you, you know, takes the most effort, really, which is to increase your income. And there are many, many ways that you can increase your income, and I obviously can't really get into the details here, but start to do some research. And by increasing your income, I'm not just talking about maybe getting another job or you know, trying to get a raise with, with your current job, but, but have a look online or have a look around. There's, there's so many ways now you can make money. Um, you, can, you can sell things on eBay. You can, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things you can do online to, to get some extra income. And some of these mightn't give you a lot of extra income, but it's all going to help. And again, it's, it can be a bit of fun finding extra ways to increase your income. So they're the three financial areas of financial goals you want to set. So step number two is to set some financial goals in each of those three areas. Alright, step number three is to agree between the two of you that you will share the responsibility for the debt or for your financial problems. And remember I talked earlier about men tend to take on the full responsibility or feel that they're totally responsible for financial problems. Well, for any problems in actual fact. So it's very, very important that if you're a woman that you start to um, show your husband or your spouse that you're willing to take equal responsibility. And the way you should do that, or the way you could do it as a woman, is start to become involved in the finances. Now, I meet so many couples where 
the wife says, oh, I don't know anything about finances or I'm not interested, you know, if the husband's got a, a job or a business. And they, they don't really get involved in it. And what the problem with that, the message that they're sending to their husband is that it's your responsibility, your problem, you fix it. And of course, I've already said what happens in that situation, that it just makes the man feel worse. It puts more pressure on the relationship. It doesn't do anything to help solve the problem. And therefore, it doesn't do anything to help the marriage either. So it's very important if you're a woman, become involved in, your, in the financial responsibility for your problems or for your, your financial life, really. And it's very important, too, if you're a woman, not to, not to blame and not to try and... And this is very important for both parties, actually, not to, uh, to, to give any blame to the other for your problems. And the other thing that's very important if you're a woman is to actually not just say to your husband that you want to become involved or that you want to share in responsibility, but actually do something. You know, take some initiative. Find out about something. Increase your own financial education. Find out more about what you can do. And give your husband suggestions and ideas as well. Give some input. And, of course, support your spouse in what he's doing as well. So it's very important for a woman to become more involved, I think, with, with the financial picture of the relationship. And for men, agree, you know, the most important thing you can do is to agree to share the responsibility with your wife. And one of the best ways to do this is to actually communicate. When there are so many marriages I see out there where the husband just goes out and earns the money and the wife spends it. Now, I know that's a terrible generalization. I'll probably get some rude emails for that one. But, but it's still, in, in many cases, it's quite widespread. It is actually fundamentally still quite true. So it's very important for, on the man's side to start communicating with your wife. This is our financial situation. This is how it all works. And to almost set up an expectation that the two of you are going to be sharing in your financial life together. Okay, the next step is to remove the blame. Now, this is very important. You've got to separate out the financial problems from the two people in it. The two of you, or one of you, is not the cause of your financial problems, and you have to remove the blame from it. It is a joint thing, it's, and, and often it's beyond the control, to a large degree, it appears to be on the, beyond the control of the couple, their own financial situation. But if you have a tendency to blame your spouse, for your financial position, maybe they've spent too much money, maybe they've made a, a bad business decision, then you've got to stop blaming that person and realize that you are actually equally responsible because you're both in the situation together. So it's really important. And the next step, which is quite similar in a way, is to focus on the solution and not the problems. So this comes back to setting those financial goals and saying, how can we achieve the solution. What is our financial goal? What is what is financial happiness and the removal of the financial pressure going to look like for us, whether it be removing debt or having a certain amount of savings or a certain amount of income? What does that look for us, look like for us, and focus on that. Don't focus on saying, oh we've got all this debt, we've got all the all these problems, we can't earn enough. Don't don't focus on the problems, focus on the solution and keep that in your mind and just say that's what we're aiming for. How can we achieve that? So that's the next step. 
Now the step following that, once you've set some goals and you know exactly what you want and you're sharing responsibility, you're not blaming each other and you'll focus very clearly on the solution, the next step is to take action. And this is in many ways the most critical step because you can think about it all, all you like, but unless you can take some action, nothing is going to change. Pretty common sense really. So now here, this, this is where all of the, the common sense things apply. When it, that all of us know about, but very few of us actually do. And I've talked about these a little bit earlier, but the first one is to reduce your expenditure. You simply have to find ways to stop spending as much. And if you don't think you can, you, if, you're, if you're saying to yourself, oh, no, there's no way I can cut my, my expenses, they're at absolute at the bone now, then just keep looking because there will still be places, I'm sure, where you can find you can reduce your expenditure. Second thing, have a Create a plan for repaying your debt. Have a debt repayment plan. We talked about this earlier. Really important. And the third thing, as I said, look for ways to increase your income. So start to do some research. Start looking online, looking in the newspaper. What are different ways for people to make money? And there are a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of scams out there, but there are also a lot of legitimate ways out there as well where you can make extra income. But you're never going to find those unless you start looking. So that's very, very important is to take some action and reducing your expenses, reducing your debt and increasing the amount of money you can earn. Right, the final three steps. Once you're taking action, it's very, very important that you have the right frame of mind as you're doing this. And there's three things you can do. And in some ways, these are my favorite three steps, because this is where you make the break, really make the breakthrough from seeing your problems as something that affect your relationship to seeing your problems, your financial problems, is something quite separate that you can deal with and use your relationship to, in, in many ways, actually to enhance your relationship by dealing with your problems together. And the first thing is resolve, make a resolution to yourself and to each other that your financial problems are not going to destroy your marriage. At the end of the day, you know, my belief is probably the most special thing in your life, or one of the very most special things in, in your life, is your marriage. It's your relationship with your spouse. It's something you created perhaps a little while ago, and it, if you think back to then, I'm, sh I'm sure you'll agree, it was something that you had a lot of hope for, and, and a lot of wonderful, loving intimacy and positive energy surrounding the two of you coming together, deciding and making a commitment to stay together and to build a life together. So that's far more important to recapture and to hold and to have as a part of your life than any financial problems. And you've probably heard stories, and you can read about them wherever you like, of couples who go through tremendous problems, tremendous pain, including financial pain and problems. And they use it as a way to strengthen their relationship, not to harm it. So that's the step. Resolve that, that your financial problems, or any problems for that matter, they're not going to destroy your marriage and that your marriage is more important than any problem you could possibly have. And that leads to the next step, which is be grateful. You know, as we all run around through life and with all the stress and pressure and you know, always wanting more, and this, this isn't a criticism, it just seems to be the way we are, but it's, it's very, very easy to forget how lucky we are. I mean, even the poorest of us have far more in the way of health, wealth, comfort than the greatest kings of 
um, the world, you know, going back only maybe a hundred years or so, or a couple of hundred years, we've got so much more. But what tends to happen when we get things, we, forget, we, we seem to stop being appreciative what we have for what we have. So take a moment and sit down and write down all of the things you're really grateful for in your life and in your marriage, your relationship. And, and be grateful for those things and realize just how lucky you are, how lucky we all are to be here. That's a really important step. And the last step is another realization, and that is to realize that, and I said this right at the beginning, but realize that money is not going to make you happy. You know, you can have $10 million in the bank, and you could have nothing. And, or you could have 10, sorry, you could have $10 million in the bank and be totally miserable. Plenty of people are. Personally, I can tell you, I have been in a place where I've been a multimillionaire. And I've been in a place where I've had absolutely nothing and was being threatened with bankruptcy. Now, and in both of those places, I was not happy. <laughs> and in fact, the money thing, I'm not trying to run down having money because there's nothing wrong with having money. It's a good thing. It gives you freedom to do things. But it can also be a big trap. So what you need to realize is, is that it's not the amount of money you have, but it's your attitude to the money and it's the attitude to your life. That's what's going to make you happy. And that's where the gratitude thing, being grateful for what you have, is actually so powerful. That's why it's so powerful. So once you realize that money is not going to make you happy, it puts your financial problems into a little bit of more perspective. Sure, you've got problems. Sure, they're putting pressure on you. Sure, they're creating unpleasant situations or, or events in your life, things that you would rather didn't happen. They're not necessary, you're not necessarily going to feel a lot better when those things are gone because you might just replace those, those circumstances with different sorts of circumstances that cause you a lot of pressure. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who've got, and maybe you've heard of them or you, you might even know some personally, who've got millions of dollars and they're worried about losing it or they've got all sorts of people putting pressure on them and they're trying to keep things together. So that's the, the, the pressure, if you like, or the, the problems of the opposite of a lot of money. So realize that money is not what's going to make you happy. It's who you are inside. It's the amount of gratitude you have for your life and for your relationship. Those are the sorts of things that are going to make you truly happy. So those are just some ideas on things you can do to, to stop financial problems from ruining your marriage. And it's as I said right at the beginning, it's one of the most common things I see and it really is tragic because I see people who had wonderful relationships, wonderful marriages, wonderful intimacy, and they've just, over time and circumstance, financial pressures have, have really destroyed things, and it's such a tragedy when that happens. So I, I hope you can take some of these ideas, I hope you can use them, and I hope you'll find them valuable if you're under financial pressure in your marriage. So that's all we've got time for for this week. Thank you very much for joining me. Remember, if you'd like some more information, go to my website growinginloveforlife.com download my free report on the five keys to saving your marriage now. If you've got problems in your marriage, if you really want to save and strengthen your marriage, I think you'll find that report very, very valuable. So that's my website growinginloveforlife.com Thanks again. All the best to you. Bye for now. Thank you.
Thank you.